0: The name's Rex, but you'll call me Captain or Sir. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. My designation is Trooper 27-5555, sir. We call him Fives. I'm Heavy. This is Echo. I'm Commander Cody, your new boss. Sir, yes sir! Looks like we got ourselves a batch of shinies, Commander. Look around. We're one and the same. Same heart, same blood. Your training is in your blood, and my blood's boiling for a fight. Do you have any idea what this is? Our war. This can't be good. We need to pull back. Get on the fort. If we can draw them out, we can see them. If we can see them, we can hit them. Ah!
2: again everybody it has been a long time welcome back to the clone wars strikes back this is the podcast where we celebrate the well now 10 year legacy of star wars the clone wars the emmy award-winning animated series and the returning animated series uh i'm sure for lots of you you're hearing this intro and you're wondering what is the clone Wars strikes back well we will explain Everything, But for some of you, you remember this show in its glory days of 2014 and 2015 and 2016, uh, and it's back. I mean, The Clone Wars is back, so The Clone Wars Strikes Back has to come back. I think that's... Um I think that's, I think that's law. I think we have a legal responsibility to do just that. And, uh, and of course we want to, I mean, uh, our favorite show is back on the air or it will be soon and not really on the air. It'll be on a streaming service, but it, it doesn't matter. The show is back. And that is truly an exciting, exciting uh, announcement. And we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about what it means. The show's coming back, what we hope to see and all things, star Wars, the clone wars, uh, of course, we're going to celebrate the 10th anniversary as well. Uh, it's going to be a great show. First introductions, uh, in case you're new to the show or you've forgotten who we are. That's probably most of you. Uh, my name is Dominic, and joining me, as always, it's my good friend and co-host all the way from the UK, Kieran Duggan.
1: Hello again, everybody. It's been a, it's been a long time. It's been a while um, on on this show and the SWU. Uh, it might might be a voice now that you have some of you may not have heard. <laughs> at all. So um, you know, I sort of I, I, I said uh, I'm sort of saying now on the top, I guess that um, you know I, I'm I haven't been as involved with the Star Wars Underworld as I have been in, in well last year, I would say, um, and that's unfortunately due to work commitments. But I'm hoping that sort of re reinvigoration of this podcast will be the start of me getting more involved with the SWU again. So if you haven't heard my voice before, you might be stuck with me for a while. (laughs) And if you have heard my voice before... Then you are stuck with me again, <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> but I think uh, I think most of us are very happy to be stuck with you again, Karen. I think we're all glad to to have you back, uh, and I'm very excited that this show is back. Um, for For folks that are haven't heard of the Clone War Strikes Back before, maybe you just subscribed to Star Wars Underworld. Uh, maybe you listened to Live from Lothal. Uh, basically, we started this show back in October of 2000. And 13. Our first episode. I just checked this on on StarWarsUnderworld.com. Our first episode came out October 1st, 2013, almost five years ago. Uh, and at the time, that was like five years after the Clone Wars had started airing. Uh, so it's been. It's like it's, it's. almost like it's been ten years. Um, uh, uh, for this sh- for the Clone Wars, and basically what we did. Um, From about 2013 to about 2015 and 2016 was we went back and we rewatched every arc from the show in more or less chronological order. Uh, And we talked about them. We revisited them. We analyzed them. We had a lot of fun doing that. And then, you know, we kind of we reached the end. We got to the end. We we hit the, uh, the the lost missions. Then we did all the legacy content. We talked about Dark Disciples, Son of Dothamir, the story reels, and uh, and then we did a commentary of Revenge of the Sith, uh, and that brought us to the end. And we kept it going for a little while after that, talking about things, talking, doing some like character specific uh, analysis, and also uh, you know we did our our last episode was talking about Star Wars Celebration uh, Europe. That was our last episode, and we had at the time intended to do more, but we got caught up doing other things. We did Life from Lothal about Star Wars Rebels. Um, we we've still we did uh, the Watchers of Westeros about Game of Thrones, which is still uh, which will still come back at some point whenever that show comes back. Uh, and the Clone Wars Strikes Back just kind of got left on the back burner and kind of kind of you know put on the shelf. And then San Diego Comic Con 2018 happened. And we had kind of thought maybe we'd bring it back for a few episodes for just the 10th anniversary of the show in general, but uh, then Comic Con happened and they announced that the Clone Wars is coming back, and that gave us the real kick in the butt we needed to bring back the show and to bring it back on a regular basis. So from from here on out, from now until at least the show when when the Clone Wars comes back, and and who knows, uh, you know, who knows if the Clone Wars will, not, will ever stop again, uh, we're going to be doing monthly episodes. So this is our, our episode for July 2018. We'll have one for August 2018, where we will really celebrate the the Clone Wars movie and its 10th anniversary, and then we'll have September, October, you know, on and on like that. And uh, I, I, I don't want to speak for, for Kieran, but I'm really excited to be back.
1: I'm not excited. <laughs> no, I'm not just a... Um... Uh, a a mean British man who who has no emotion no I am excited about it because it's not something that I don't think anybody really expected it was for the return of the Clone Wars of course it's the 10th anniversary they must have had something up their sleeve you would have thought but to actually get brand new episodes is not something that many if any really predicted or if they did it was sort of you know you'd say it and then within five seconds you'd dismiss it and think it's not it's not going to happen <laughs> so it is exciting to be back and i think you summed it up pretty well as to the reasons why why it didn't happen and um i think the new monthly schedule will, will be beneficial for having a regular routine but also ensuring that we're able to deliver the content that we want to deliver because it's all well and good saying that you want to do it on a weekly or a fortnightly basis, but um, you know, to be fair, we, me and Dominic both have work commitments, and and also Dominic has the SWU, um, and I know my work schedule is always very uh, decided on a week-to-week basis. So I think it, it will be better beneficial for the listeners as well. That that that's that's why I think we want to have this regular monthly schedule.
2: Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot has changed since we, uh, since we last did episode, you were. Ep- episodes. Yeah, yeah. When we started the show, we were both, um, we were both in, in university. We were just, we were a couple of young college kids with a dream, and uh, now we're, you know, slaving away for the man, uh, having our dreams dashed. No, no, I'm kidding about that part. Um, <laughs> we are, but yeah, things, things. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. Not just. Um, since uh, since the show went off the air, uh, by which I mean the, the Clone Wars Strikes Back, but also since the Clone Wars itself went off the air, like just think about in the time since the Clone Wars went off the air, we've had an entire other Star Wars animated show has come and gone since then. Star Wars Rebels. There were seventy five episodes of of uh, of a completely different show that all aired since uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, uh, made its debut on Netflix for Season 6 and when it was announced as coming back at Comic-Con this year. There's 75 other TV episodes. There were four Star Wars movies like, that, like that's a sentence that nobody sh- should ever have expected to have said. Four Star Wars movies came and went. There were four Star Wars movies and nine Star Wars directors. <laughs> nine directors. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Uh, but we're, we're so excited that it's back. And, and, yeah, it was announced at Comic-Con that it's coming back. Dave Filoni did a uh, – Dave Filoni, Ashley Eckstein, Athena Portillo, Matt Lanter, and Kevin Kiner all uh, got together at Comic-Con, and they did a panel where they just looked back – at the first 10 years of the clone wars and they they reminisced, they told stories, they had they 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 showed a few clips and then they dropped a bomb on us. And so I was in the room uh when this happened at the panel. Everybody went insane. Everybody was going crazy. Uh you know, it was the last thing I expected they would ever announce. Like when they announced that this panel was happening, the thought of more episodes came into my head. And I was just like, shoot it away. I'm like, I can't even set myself up for that because I will wind up being disappointed. Instead, I'm just going to go to this panel and enjoy whatever it is, and I thought, you know, maybe they'll have an announcement. Maybe they'll announce that they're writing, like, the definitive Captain Rex novel or something, and that would have been great. Like, hell, I'd still like the definitive Captain Rex novel. I think that could be pretty cool. Uh, But they they didn't do that. They announced that the show was coming back, and as the trailer was playing, I described this on on Star Wars Underworld this week, I was just like, I I I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to be, like I, I I kept wait. I wanted to believe it, but I kept expecting there to be a catch, and then there wasn't. And the show is back. I, I I you know like everybody in that room, I was jumping and cheering and clapping. There was a huge standing ovation, and I'm I I still I'm still like in shock about it. I still keep uh I, it's it still almost doesn't feel real. Like I, I found myself rewatching some Clone Wars episodes the other day just because. You know, it's coming back. And and like I rewatched the Boba Fett arc. I rewatched some of the stuff from Camino. I'm like, I just I can't believe we're gonna get more of this. And those were the early episodes. Those were some of the early episodes before they had even really hit their stride in seasons four, five, and six. And it's uh yeah, it's incredible. What what was what was your reaction first, Kieran, when you found out that the panel was happening at Comic Con? And then how did you find out that the show was coming back? And what was your reaction?
1: Well, I think initially to the panel was more of a a reflective thought really, when when I go back and think about it, which was, wow, it's been 10 years (laughs) since the show, well, since the movie came out, Um, and that seems to have gone quite quickly. And it was a bit of a surprise, I thought, that they actually had the panel in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's, it's celebrating ten years, but to have a whole panel dedicated to it at San Diego Comic Con was a little bit out of the blue. It, it, it there was no real massive build up to it, or as you said, it wasn't really. There was, there's always expectation when you go to panels, but there wasn't a massive, massive expectation that there's going to there's going to drop a trailer. Or, or the sort of things that you expect when you when you go to these big ones. I mean, you've been to San Diego a couple of times, mm-hmm. and, and you've had some great experiences with Star Wars panels.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, not necessarily just traders, but like uh, the, the the sort of concert experience. <laughs> and um, yeah. you've had had some great times, really. Mm-hmm. So you, you probably were licking your lips a little bit, thinking, "Well, what's going to happen here?" But as you say, expectations were managed. And then when when it actually dropped, I I was just coming home from work. And so I, because of time zone differences, you sort of forget about when these panels actually air in, in the U S and so I go on my laptop and then go on uh YouTube and then I often go on my subscriptions and I'm like, Oh, what's the Star Wars, the Clone Wars trailer. I was like, what, <laughs> what? And then I'm just like, Oh, maybe it's a sort of review thing. Like, Oh, this is you know ten years of the Clone Wars, and then you're like, no, this is like this is new stuff, and so mm-hmm. like the trailer, and you know we'll talk about the trailer in a bit, but yeah, just mind blowing, really, and and so as I said earlier, just so out of the blue, but mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic that it's back, and I really think it speaks to the legacy of the Clone Wars that it can generate that reaction, and I think that YouTube trailer has got. When I last looked, it had nearly six million views. I think it's probably got more than that now.
2: Yeah, and, it's at uh, what's it at? It's five point eight million views.
1: Okay, so five point eight million, is, which is impressive for a TV show that has been on there for five years. And
2: and that's like more uh, more viewers than it usually got on Cartoon Network when it aired back <laughs> in the day. Like I think it's most the most viewed episode was you know, 4 million or maybe like 5.1. And so that the fact that the, the trailer got there and it got to 5 million, four or 5 million, like really fast. So there's huge interest. And, and one, one of the things that I think has to be driving this interest is that it's on Netflix. And I think, um, the fact that there was such a, a combination of there was such an outcry when it was canceled that when it came back for 13 episodes on Netflix and the entire back catalog was there, I think there were a lot of people that went, oh, I should um, I should check this out. And and then the word of mouth of the fact that it existed and, and people talked about it and loved it and people would go back and check it out. So uh, and, and, and it just kind of there was this real groundswell of support that built up for the show in the time since it was canceled and when it's now coming back that you would see the kind of reaction that you did out of um out of Comic-Con and and you know it was uh, there's a there was a stat that came out this weekend that it was the most tweeted about show during Comic-Con. More people tweeted about The Clone Wars than any other TV show during San Diego Comic-Con, which is incredible. It's incredible because you, you know it, it wasn't the panel was in like it wasn't even in one of the big the top two rooms like it wasn't in one of the biggest two rooms it was like the third biggest room it wasn't in hall h or ballroom 20 it was in room 6 bcf you know which is like the third biggest room and that and it still generated more discussion and i think that's a testament both to the power of of star wars in general but also to this show specifically that the, the panel was packed everybody in the panel room was there to see Star Wars there weren't people just waiting for the next thing uh, everybody was there for Clone Wars everybody was excited and there there really was this love that it that that has that it always existed for the show that always existed for the show but really um, I think has grown in leaps and bounds since people have had the uh, have been have had st- so much more um, it's been so much more accessible to people on, on Netflix
1: yeah and and when you look at the legacy of the TV show Clone Wars, and if you were going to compare it with Star Wars Rebels, I think this is an example of, of how powerful the legacy of the Clone Wars is and will remain compared to Star Wars Rebels. And I, I just don't think you'll get that sort of reaction five years down the line the star wars rebels or when if you know if it reaches when 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 that show reaches its 10th anniversary and that's no disrespect to the show but i i just think it shows you how good the clone wars is but i guess also the circumstances surrounding that which which was reflected really with the hashtag wasn't it because there was that big campaign to save the show and they felt a lot of people including us thought it was wrong for the show to be cancelled and and that in, in itself generates interest, doesn't it? Because it's, a lot of people are talking about it, so it's it, it's great, and, it, and, it, and it's great that they've managed to answer that in a, in a way that I don't think anybody could have imagined. Um, we we to be, we've had 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 tastes, haven't we, of, of other Clone War story arcs outside of the bonus content with the stuff that we've seen at Celebration before, with the Bad Batch arc and the Crisis on Utapau content, but can we ever, ever imagine that we would see a fully animated Clone Wars no. team episodes again?
2: I, I just don't think we could. No, I I don't think we could. And and I think just when you're talking about like the difference between this and other Star Wars projects, and I don't want to pick on Rebels, because we do like Rebels. We like Rebels. We did, whole, we did a whole other podcast about Star Wars Rebels. But I think it just goes to show that there really was something special about Clone Wars. And I think a lot of that is um, because of George, because of George Lucas, and the fact that you know these stories all came from him. He he came up with most of the ideas for the show, and then he gave them to people like Dave Filoni and, and the writers, and they really fleshed them out and turned them into something special. And and then, um, you know, George just paid for it, like you know, out of his own pocket, because you know he was an eccentric billionaire and could do whatever he wanted. And I think the 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 results spoke uh, volumes, like just looking at the show, especially the later seasons. And, um, you know, now that and I think people recognized the the quality of the show. And that's what led to not just, you know, the Save the Clone Wars stuff that happened in uh, late 2013 or mid 2013. And really, in a lot of ways, has carried on. You know, um, we were very imbo- involved in that. Uh, that campaign back in in you know march and, and april of of twenty twenty fourteen you know we helped uh helped arrange and and organize like people doing like twitter pushes and and trying to get the hashtag trending and and that sort of thing and you know we I don't, you know obviously we weren 't successful back then, but you know we certainly got uh got attention in 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 high places not just at at lucasfilm and disney but in in other places like there were People like from from other TV shows and stuff just tweeting save the Clone Wars and that sort of thing, which was really cool. Um, but you know, you know, we kind of moved on from it, and and we kept talking about the show on 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 this show and on Star Wars Underworld and live from Lothal. But other people really kept the the campaign going, uh, the and just you know putting out there, you know, save the Clone Wars on on uh, on Twitter and and YouTube and that sort of thing, and and you know, it's they they. Mostly. Most of the time we're pretty um pretty positive about it. You know, it was sort of like, hey, this is cool, but we also want to see this. You know, some people some people weren't as cool about it, but most people I think were just sort of like, hey, we we love the show and we'd love to see it continue. And people really celebrated when Clone Wars elements were brought into other other material like rebels like rogue one saga Rera, come on uh and, and the books and, and comics and, and all that stuff and people really celebrated that and um just the fact that they use the hashtag clone wars saved at the end i think that speaks volumes about um uh, the effectiveness of the people that they kept the save the clone wars uh campaign going over over the over the years I mean, I, I, I almost don't know what where we where where to go now because it it's it's still so shocking that it's come back. Let's let's talk a little bit about the trailer and what we see in the trailer and what maybe this uh, indicates that we'll see in the show. And uh, let's uh, let's take a listen to that first.
0: The name's Rex. But you'll call me Captain or Sir. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. My designation is Trooper 27-5555, sir. We call him Fives. I'm Heavy. This is Echo. I'm Commander Cody, your new boss. Sir, yes sir! Looks like we got ourselves a batch of shinies, Commander. Look around. We are one and the same. Same heart. Same blood. Your training is in your blood. And my blood's boiling for a fight. So do you any idea This is our war. This can't be good. We need to pull back. Get them to fall. If we can draw them out, we can see them. If we can see them, we can hit them. Over. Rex. What's so important that you brought us all the way back here? Hello, Master. It's been a while.
2: Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> It's still uh, it's still incredible to me. Um, so, just I'll, I'll throw it to you real quick. I mean, there's not a ton in this trailer. Uh, overall, what'd you think of it as a trailer?
1: As a trailer for me, it, it it did its job. It's it's the equivalent, I guess, of the teaser trailer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you're going to look at it in in movie terms, because it's the first trailer that we have seen of the upcoming episodes. And it did its job, didn't it really? Yeah. You want want to get those feels again. Uh, (laughs) It did. At the the start when you're just hearing all of deep Bradley Baker's voices and you just think to yourself, my God, what an exceptional voice actor. (laughs) Because, Because you could distinguish within those voices, each character that he played and, of course you had the visual imagery, the visual imagery of the helmets of, of each of the individual clones, but you could, you could hear them saying that and it, 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 and recognize who it was. It's just an incredible talent, but yeah, we did. You're right. We didn't see a lot in terms of new, new content, Yeah, but we saw enough. And, and as, as with most trailers, you, you look for the punch and it, and I think it did have that punch at the end with the Anakin and Ahsoka stuff. So, That that for me did its job. What was your impression once you managed to calm down a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the first time you've seen it, I'm not going to ask you the first time because you probably don't even remember what happened the first time. Yeah. When you managed to look at it and digest a little bit more, what 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 do you make of the trailer?
2: Uh, Oh man, like I, I was on I was on cloud nine when when we saw it. Like you know when we saw it, and then Dave said we're back. Uh, and then we watched it again at Comic-Con and then we left the panel room and um I was w- with the the makingstarwars.net crew and 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 Steel Saunders of of Steel Wars and we were all headed back to the the condo we were staying at during Comic-Con to like write it up for all of our different websites um and uh just that I was just that walk from the convention center to the condo we were like we were talking about it the whole way obviously and and there was just sort of a, a feeling of I can't believe it uh, I can't believe this is actually happening, and uh, just a general sense of wow. Um, and, and so, like this trailer, I think it's, it's you use the perfect term, teaser trailer. And, and people have pointed out that they use the same uh, musical score in in this as uh, as they do in the Force Awakens trailer, the one from uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, I believe.
1: How? Just want to quickly jump in there, but. How great to use that, because I'll be <laughs> honest, you. I think you yourself compared this. Yeah. The, you got from this trailer to when we were all sat in Anaheim watching the TFA Chewy We're Home trailer.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really, like, f- number one and number two in terms of trailer experiences uh, are these two. Uh, th- that that one and, and the, uh, the Clone Wars on The Force Awakens. But I, I think, like, the trailer itself is probably a little bit more comparable to that first force awakens trailer that came out thanksgiving 2014 you know with the there there's been an awakening you know like that that one i, I and you know you know you're kind of getting quick flashes of stuff you're not there's not a ton to really sink your teeth into and then at the end you get the millennium falcon and in this the millennium falcon is is ahsoka tano <laughs> <laughs> Which speaks, Uh-oh. I think, speaks volumes about Ahsoka that she's like the iconic thing that people really got excited about. Like when that trailer started playing, you know, um, people, uh, you know, people were listening. People were sort of wondering what was going to happen through that whole first bit with the clone helmets and all the the classic clips of, of D as, as as the various clones, and, and then you hit the. Um, the, the, the like fortune cookie the a long time ago in a galaxy far far away uh, style title card and it says a war left unfinished dot 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 until now and when the until now came in there was just an audible like whoa that went through the room at comic con of people like oh my god this is actually happening because I thought for sure this was a book trailer this was a, a thank you clone wars uh, fans video like I thought it was literally anything but what it was and then um what i think is the most telling you know i i, I don't think the animation in these uh these shots is done yet i think there's still a, a good amount of work that needs to be done on them but i think what's really telling is in that shot that uh of, of that follows the tracking shot that follows the gunship through the base and then you swoop around you see anakin rex and the the leader of the bad batch there whose name i'm forgetting um Is just, you see how many troopers there are in the background. You see how many ships there are in the background, how many ships are in the sky, how many just how many elements and assets that are in this scene, these scenes. It's, it says to me that they are doing this right. Like, this isn't going to be a cheap version of Clone Wars. This isn't, they aren't going to do Clone Wars the way they did um, Rebels. Sorry Sorry to say about Rebels, but you know, Rebels, they didn't have the, 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 um, they didn't have the resources to make something that looked like this. They had to make do with less and they did a a very good job on rebels. I, you know, I give them credit for doing the the best that they could with what they had, but you just see all the, the, like the platoons and the garrisons of clones marching. There's multiple, um, ATTEs. There's the, uh, arc one seventies. There's all the Republic cruisers in the sky. It just says to me that like, uh, Disney and Lucasfilm have gotten the funding to do this right. And I think, you know, they obviously, this is for their streaming service app, uh, which they're going to make a real big push for. So they wanted to have the best content available to them uh, for, for that when it launches to really entice people to buy it. And so I think they, they, uh, they opened up their wallet, opened up the, their, the, the Disney corporate account. They, they gave, put a, they gave a, an increased limit on Dave Filoni's uh, company credit card uh, in a way that they weren't willing to uh, in 2013 or uh, in 2014. And, and that's how we've wound up with something that in all, all likelihood when it's finished will look comparable to what we were seeing in the later seasons of the Clone Wars, which is just, I I mean, again, so so I feel like I keep repeating myself that I can't believe it, but I I really can't believe it. I'm so, we are really on cloud nine about this.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think even now it's that the only way I think we've been able to process it is by being able to talk about it because the more you talk about it, the more you're able to comprehend what exactly has just happened here? Because well, when I listened to the Star Wars Underworld podcast, um, the, was it on the day that uh, this was announced? So yeah, on the day, uh, uh, Ben Hart was just like, he thought he was in a (laughs) dream. He still needed someone to pinch (laughs) him to wake him up. That's the sort of feeling that a lot of fans have. I think, Mm -hmm. um, it's still taking that time to digest. And, Like you say, the trailer clearly shows that the animation isn't quite there. Yeah. But then when I first watched it, I think I was comparing it to the unfinished animation stuff that we'd seen with Crisis on Utapau and Bad Batch and thinking, wow. I I was looking at, I guess, with the glass half full. Well, obviously the whole thing I was like, wow. But if I was looking in terms of the animation, yeah, you can look at it the other way and think, well, it's not quite up to the level of season four, well, season four beyond. But I'm looking at it thinking, it's so much better than it was when we watched it on the screen at Celebration, the Bad Batch <laughs> up. How good this will look. Yeah. It's I- exciting. And the voice cast as well, just hearing Matt Lanter as Anakin. and Look, we've had Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka in Rebels, but this this, this did not feel like Ahsoka. This... Oh, this, I mean, this, it's, this, it's great on Rebels, but not not as good as she was on Clone Wars. And I don't think that's because of the voice acting. I just think the animation. I'm still, I still need time to adjust. But when I saw that Ahsoka on the hologram, I just thought, "Yeah, I'm back."
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, <we're> back. <laughs> yeah, and and there are certain like there are certain shots that look in this that look more done than others. And one of the ones that looks more done is the shots of Ahsoka, Bo Katan, and Rex there. Like that looks pretty good. Like Rex, I mean, if I'm gonna be like super critical and look on, look at it under like a really a uh, really enhanced microscope or something, like that looks like maybe like season one or two Rex, and they could like just they could it could use still use a little bit of punching up, but Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, they look fantastic. Anakin. Needs some work, but uh, you, you use the term, you know, glass half full, glass fully full. I think this is a situation of glass overflowing. <laughs> you know, like this is just uh, it's it's absolutely uh, amazing and and just yeah, the fact that um, you know, let, let's 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 talk about what we think we might see from from this and that shot, that first shot is is quite clearly from the Bad Batch arc. And so I think it's it's very um, I think it's it's very almost certain that we'll see the Bad Batch arc. I think it's uh, it's almost certain that we'll see Siege of Mandalore because Bo-Katan is there. I don't think they're in the business right now of making stuff just for trailers. This isn't Rogue One where they shot like they redid almost half the movie, right? Like this is um, they they, 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 you know even though they they Disney has you know is funding this properly, we think. uh, they still probably don't have a huge amount of wiggle room for making stuff for trailers or r- intense uh, intense experimentation maybe the way they did when when George was running the show. And, you know, he, if they needed more time or more money to finish a shot, he would, you know, check between the cushions on in the couch in his office and pull out a, you know, a, a cool million bucks and say, there you go, figure it out. Um, I, I think, so I, I do think that the fact that we see these shots, they are going to be in the show, uh, when, and they are going to do those arcs. Um, the question I have is because, you know, Bad Batch was four arcs. We assume Siege of Mandalore was four arcs. What are the other four episodes that they might do? And, and I, as I've said before, I put it at like 50, 50 that they do the Utapau arc and 50, 50 that they do something else, like maybe the Boba Fett arc. Um, I don't know. What do What do you think? What do you think? What do you think the likelihood is that we'll uh, as what we'll see from in terms of episodes?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm talking about it as well. Like, again, going back re- referencing, you, I tell you what, everyone, I keep referencing this Star Wars Underworld show. And the immediate reaction after this, go and listen to that episode as well because that <laughs> is, is is it's just interesting, at least to look back at hindsight for initial reactions. So mm. that's the best podcast to listen to. But
2: it is. <laughs> or listen to the one from the next week that one's good too
1: yeah well, to all of them actually yeah. you probably would not be listening if you didn't listen to them anyway mm. but <laughs> being, I, I'm with you I'm taunt because I mean the, the Bad Batch makes sense because like you said they, they've got a lot of that well they, they, it's unfinished animation but they, they, they've got most of that sort of done in yeah. the can I guess um, and also it's I can imagine it visually it's going to look stunning isn't it when it's done and there's so much action in there as well i the crisis on utapal i i am i would be a little bit underwhelmed personally because i didn't i didn't mind that arc but
2: uh see see that's that's the arc (laughs) i actually that's the arc i actually prefer like i I, yeah i like bad batch um but the the, and, and those characters were cool but um, you know, my favorite stuff on, on Clone Wars was the Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka stuff. And um, the fact that Utapau gave us not just a great Anakin, Obi-Wan story, but it gave us that conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan about sure. Ahsoka leaving yeah. and, and how Anakin felt about that really made me sort of go, oh, I, 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 I want to see that one play out. And, you know, Bad Batch is cool, and, it, and it, I will agree it's probably the more visually interesting arc because... By now, um, you know we know what Anakin looks like. We know what Obi Wan looks like. We know what a Kyber crystal looks like. We know what Utapau looks like. We know what Grievous looks like. Like these are all things that we've seen before, uh, and or or since at least, uh, you know, I guess in the case of the uh, the, crystal, the the Kyber crystal, because we saw those on Rebels and and kind of briefly in, in Rogue One. But, um, with the, with the bad batch arc, on the other hand, like all four of those characters are fresh designs. It's a new planet. Uh, there's the new design for the clone trooper echo, which I mean, and if folks want to go back and listen to the episode where we actually talk about the bad batch arc, uh, 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 the story real version of it, you know, we talked about it at the time. I didn't love that they brought back echo because as much as I like that character and I love the domino squad, um, I I just thought his death was so impactful in the Citadel trilogy arc. And it really showed that there were, that there are very real stakes to the Clone Wars and that these characters that we get attached to and and follow, you know, we followed Echo from the time when he was a cadet to, uh, you know, being promoted to a regular trooper, to witnessing most of his squad being murdered, to his promotion to an arc trooper, to his death. Like, you know, it, it shows that there's consequences to, this war—that it's not all fun and games—and and you know that Citadel arc is really about that idea. You know, everybody talks about Tarkin and the Anakin Tarkin relationship, but that that arc really leans into the fact that there are consequences, and sometimes in war there have to be sacrifices. And so bringing back Echo wasn't my favorite decision that Dave and George and and the crew ever made, but you know I. I I also was happy that the character came back you know know, because I did like the character Um, but it's just uh, so from that standpoint I personally would rather they do the Utapau arc because I think that's more it's more interesting to me, but to my specific interests. But I think from a visual standpoint and from a, a future's standpoint, there's more potential with um, creating the act, the assets for the Bad Batch and, and that sort of thing and, and figuring out figure, figuring out how they work. Because there were supposed to be more Bad Batch stories. And if we get a season eight or nine or 10, then perhaps they would revisit those characters down the line. Exactly. I
1: mean... The, the... To be fair, some of these stories are, I almost need to rewatch again because I forgot exactly <laughs> what's happened in some of them. But you, you are right, and actually, it would it would make sense because when you were speculating about the Boba Fett one, and I'm being honest, I would love to see to see that yeah. arc. I just don't want to get my expectations up because I know I, I think this is what you also have been pointed out on forums and things like that is the more you speculate. I think the more you're going to set yourself up for disappointment mm-hmm. because you're going to then start thinking about things that you wish you got to see. And you've got to be realistic. As as you said, Dominic, they're, they're, they're going to give them a bigger budget than they, uh, than, than the crew of rebels got, but this, they're not going to get the same amount that George Lucas gave them. So we've got yeah. to be realistic here mm-hmm. doing 12 episodes. It makes logical sense that they would do Crisis on Utapal and the bad batch and, siege of mandalore yeah. um but also, not just for because i've got two of those that are nearly finished but i guess if you're looking at the arcs themselves you got really a clone arc haven't you and yeah. the clones in the linchpin of what this show is all about mm-hmm. and then you've also got an arc about Anakin, and obi-wan and ahsoka which again is what the clone wars is all about yeah and then with siege of mandalore which is going to have all sorts of different you know uh characters in. i mean. You know, I'm thinking in terms of marketing a big punch for the next one. I would not be surprised if we get, we see Darth Maul, which yeah. you know is another big push, and that that's a whole nother can of worms to open up with. But I think if you actually look at the story wise, it would make sense. Do you, do you agree with my sort of interpretation of that and how oh, those sure. arcs have been sort of split?
2: Oh, ab- absolutely. I think um I think. Not only does Crystal Crisis, not only is Crystal Crisis on Utapau a great sort of arc about Anakin and Obi Wan, uh, and not only does it tie into stuff that has come out since then like Rogue One uh, and Rebels, uh, but also I, I think it also serves as a nice reminder about what the show was. Like I could see a situation where then season seven comes back and when it comes back and it lands on, on the streaming service. And these are the first episodes that come out because they sort of go, all right, here is what, uh, here is where we are essentially like the war is still going on. There's this, there's these larger machinations out there that not everybody understands. Uh, you know, in, in that arc, it's kind of hinted at that the big Sith Lord, Darth Sidious is trying to build a weapon. And, and so it, it, it kind of situates us in, in that, uh in that aspect of the war that we know that there's the characters know that there's some bigger plot and it reminds the audience that there's some bigger plot going on that is still being worked out uh of course watch revenge of the sith to get the answers on that but you know you know that nah, that's neither here nor there but it it, it situates that it also situates the Anakin Obi-Wan relationship at this time which is uh, closer to what it is in Revenge of the Sith uh, than it is than it, what it was in Attack of the Clone. so that's important too. And then it also reminds us of what happened with Ahsoka by having that conversation between Anakin and Obi Wan. So in a sense, that's the perfect arc to kick off season seven, in my opinion. Uh, and then you transition from that to the Bad Batch. You have some fun, some crazy clone action that's really cool. And then you, in in the the last uh, the last arc, if it is Siege of Mandalore, you kind of pay off that. That set up with the uh, the Ahsoka remind the reminding uh, uh, reminding the audience of where Ahsoka of what happened to Ahsoka you pay off that with their uh, with the reunion of Anakin and Ahsoka in uh, in for Siege of Mandalore and I think in that you can pace the season quite nicely that way and you know the only thing that's kind of missing there is is, is the underworld element, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those, those first two arcs were really focused on the war, one from the Jedi side and one from the, the clone side. But keep in mind, Siege of Mandalore, if, if it plays out the way we're thinking it does, you know, it's not a battle between the clones and the Separatists. It's a battle between the clones and Darth Maul's shadow collective, the thing that will in all likelihood one day become Crimson Dawn or, or form the basis for Crimson Dawn. Uh, which I mean, that's something like that's something we haven't even mentioned yet. Darth Maul wasn't in, was in solo, voiced by Sam Winter, voiced by the Clone Wars guy. How crazy was that? Um, but but um, yeah, so it, it, that you will get kind of that, that underworld connection there because remember, Maul's army is made up of Mandalorians, it's made up of Black Sun, the Pikes, um, and the huts although the huts i think pulled out i have to i have to go back and reread the comic uh because i think the the huts pulled out of the alliance there but uh still that's neither here nor there it's a uh, you will get a, an underworld presence in that that finale so to speak so i i think having those three arcs could give us a quite nice sort of overview of what the show was uh and or what the show is and and by delving into the jedi stuff by delving into the clone stuff and by delving into the Ahsoka stuff and and the underworld dark side mall stuff and that all in that final arc, which would have served as the series finale, uh, had the show gone on the way it was supposed I, to.
1: I, I think it is funny, isn't it, when you go back to that blue title you know a long time ago in the Galaxy Far Far Away esque cookie with a war unfinished until now. Mm-hmm. The way that you explain it there. It really does feel like this is going to be. It's never going to be a perfect ending, is it? But it's going to be a darn good one. Yeah. And (laughs) if you're comparing it, like the bonus content is another one where we're so happy to get all of that content. And I guess there were illusions to things that were going to happen in Revenge of the Sith, like Order sixty six arc, like the whole Cipher DS Mm -hmm. angle, but. Really, you don't just go from the Yoda stuff to the Revenge of the Sith, do you? The, and also, I don't think it really focused on Ahsoka. I mean, Ahsoka was really she
2: only appears as a vision in the, in yeah. the last missions, yeah.
1: In, and, that, and that's from Yoda's perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and because you have the whole Clovis stuff, but you know, that was stuff that was really supposed to air in five. season five. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah, they they
2: they moved it out to make room for Young Jedi, which or young yeah or the Younglings arc, which really let's be real, that was a good decision. (laughs)
1: Yeah, good decision. I agree. That's one of Uh, my
2: favorite arcs is is the Young Jedi arc. It was so good. David 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 Tennant as a droid man. David Tennant as a droid plus Ahsoka fighting Hondo in in zero g. Come on, so good. Um. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, and what
1: I'm trying to get at here, which is oh, that the, the central characters of the story, I felt when you look at it now, well, they were neglected, really.
2: Yeah, and and and,
1: in comparison, and what, in comparison to what it looks like we're going to get.
2: Yeah, and and I think you know if if they do wind up doing Crystal Crisis, Bad Batch, and Siege of Mandalore, that does actually. Sort of provide a nice sort of um, final sort of final sort of overview of 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 the war. Yeah, it it provides a conclusion because, like I said, in Crystal Crisis, you're you're hinting at sort of the larger machinations that really come to a head in Revenge of the Sith. In um, in uh, Bad Batch, you're getting into the clone psyche, which makes. Uh, which makes the uh, the turn of Order 66 so much more tragic. And then uh, Siege of Mandalore really brings it all to a head because uh, assuming they follow the original plan, which, which Dave actually laid out for us at Celebration London during the Ahsoka panel, um, would have taken place more or less concurrently with Revenge of the Sith. And so it, it all would have sort of played out. And, and if you take where we were and where we were heading, you know, the, the Order 66 arc in, uh, in 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 Season 6 in, in The Lost Missions uh, and, and the Yoda arc, those two arcs really kind of... Uh, and the, hell, even the Clovis arc, they really sort of were steering us in the Revenge of the Sith direction. They were focusing on Anakin and Padme's relationship. They were focusing on the clones and the fact that there is something in their heads that they don't understand that's going to... Really ruin their lives and ruin everybody else's lives, and and then of course the the Yoda thing, which alludes to the fact that not just you know victory, you know you know that there is something larger going on than just the Clone War. That and and I don't mean that in the sense of like Palpatine's machinations necessarily. I mean that in the sort of larger, you know, ongoing battle between light and dark that that you know never really ends. Um, and, uh, and and those were kind of already steering us in that direction you know season five ends with ahsoka walking away and you know really from that point on you know season five up to that point was really like i feel like that was still the middle of the war i feel like when when that happened we entered the final phase and there were still going to be lots of seasons to go but from that point on i think we were entering the final phase of the war of you know the the fall of the jedi order not at the hands of the sith but at their own but by their own mistakes and their own dogma uh, you know, we start to see we see the groundwork for that in the Ahsoka arc. We see the groundwork for Order sixty six and the fall of the clones in the Order sixty six arc. We see Anakin and Padme's relationship and how um, toxic that could be in the Clovis arc. We get a, a nice little glimmer of hope <laughs> in the Yoda arc that you know maybe we'll lose the Clone War, but there's still hope in the the larger the larger battle between light and dark. And then then yeah, like we laid out. Um, the um, Bad Batch or the uh, Crystal Crisis reminds us that Palpatine's out there working on something bigger. Bad Batch reminds us of what it's like to be a clone and the tragedy that they've gone through already, and the heartbreak and the loss. And then Siege of Mandalore brings it all together, uh, in a in a way that's similar but different to what goes down in Revenge of the Sith.
1: There you go. We don't need to
2: watch it, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's that wasn't the point of that.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I, it's good though because you you're really putting it in a way that explains the decision making behind the making of these uh, of these episodes, isn't it? Because really, when you think about it, it then it it means when you when you put other ideas on a table, like the Boba Fett stuff which I think a lot a lot of people, including myself and yourself, would like to see. Yeah. But does it really fit in right now? And if you really had to focus on something... Yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to focus on the central characters who, who've played a huge part in the Clone Wars and their storylines are clearly going to be coming to an end, or do you want to throw in a curveball like the Boba Fett arc where you know, Cad Bane's a big one. Yeah, I'd I'd like to know what happens with Cad Bane. but mm-hmm. being realistic here, he can pop up anywhere. Yeah. You know, it is it's it's easy for him to come back in. Certainly. It's not so easy to well, people want to know what's happened with some of these other characters, I think, more. And like, you know, you can't the Siege of Mandalore is an example where you, that's someone you just can't ignore. Mm-hmm. But you said you need you do need those reminders because not everyone watching the show is going to be as on it as we will be. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And, and so just reminders.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing about the Boba Fett arc is like, if that if they want to tie it, it depends on how much they want to tie in what they do on the streaming service and specifically with Clone Wars with the other stuff that they may have in the works. Like, we know that... Well, we don't know for sure, but it's been reported and rumored that James Mangold, who made Logan, is working on the Boba Fett film. And if that were to come out in 2020 or 2021, you know, it may be, uh, maybe they would want to to lay a bit of groundwork for that now with um this Clone Wars arc. Now, maybe they also want to hold off on producing that arc because they need to they may it may need to be rewritten or adapted a little bit to fit what James actually creates for his film, which is fine too. So I think what we're what we're going to see here with these 12 episodes, especially especially if they pick if if they do Bad Batch, Crystal Crisis, and Siege of Mandalore, is we're going to see a sort of truncated but as like a truncated conclusion to the series like a proper conclusion even if it is kind of like we're just going to pick three arcs that kind of really that really sort of emphasize what the end of the war is um and then if the show is successful on uh on the streaming service if it's clear that people are watching it and there's a passion for it and more people want to see it and i wouldn't be surprised if if you know, the reaction this weekend has has shown Disney and Lucasfilm that they definitely made the right decision here. Then there's a possibility to do more arcs. And you know, you can you could do them as season eight, as, you know, 12 more episodes, or you could do them as like little extra bonus installments in, in the series. And, you know, the Clone Wars jumped around a lot. Uh and so you could do things like the Yoda and the Wookiees arc, which would have also featured Bad Badge. And you could do that either as like a four-episode event or as a 90-minute mini-movie or as part of a, another sort of batch of episodes all being released at the same time. And, you know, it, it takes, you know, a year and a half, it may take a year and a half to two years to make all these episodes. So maybe, you know, the episodes come out in 2019, maybe if the response is good, they greenlight another season, but we don't see that. Until 2020, 2021, that sort of that time frame. And maybe by that time frame, what James Mangold and Simon Kinberg are working on with the Boba Fett film is a little bit more nailed down. And then maybe by that point, they're ready to do like a a, to do that Boba Fett arc. And they could they could time the release to be similar to. Uh, to be around the same time as the film to tie in with it, or it could just be releases like, hey, here's what Boba was doing before what you saw in the movie. <laughs> you know, um, there's there's loads of possibility there, uh, for just the series to go on and for it to become just sort of a true, to become truly an anthology series. You know, it, it Clone Wars, and a lot could
1: end up being a medium on its own in the sense that you know you can get these. Well, novels, comic books, stories about characters at different times, and, um, or they focus on specific characters that perhaps don't get the level of screen time people would want them to get. Um, with the Clone Wars, you could almost just be like, you know, almost anywhere, anywhere you want to go in the timeline. Yeah, if we want to do a bit of a backstory on something, we might use the Clone Wars as a way to get the message out because it, because it's a popular medium and people are going to watch it and what and want to spend money on news and using the service or whatever else you know yeah. it's it's another way isn't it for for disney if you're marketing to think this is a a really good opportunity if the response is good and i mean so far so good and i i can't see this train stopping anytime soon really i i i really do think that disney are going to be happy with what what's going to happen with the clone wars and that as a result will make us happy because <laughs> the happy Disney means that they're going to be willing to pump more money into it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And it could work as a good medium to put out stories in a way that's different from just putting it out in a novel or a comic book. And you've got that opportunity to do so with the clone wars. And a lot of people are going to react in a, well, not just a positive way, but, Probably, you know, give it to me now. Way, you know, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you know, the reaction! For, um, for sure. Um, yeah, we, I, you're right. I didn't even think about the long term. It's something that we should be excited about. This doesn't. These three arcs aren't necessarily just it for the Clone Wars. That there is scope to add more on top of that.
2: Yeah, there's there's certainly room for them to sort of go. Okay, well this this these episodes will 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 be able to serve as a, con- a conclusion if this is all we do, but if the if the response is as good as as it's been so far and perhaps even gets better, they will sort of go, all right, let's see about let's see about doing season 8 um or doing just like doing more episodes in a way that you know, are kind of they they kind of take place at different points in the timeline of the clone wars. Uh, most will have to be pre-Siege of Mandalore, obviously. Um, but then perhaps even after that, after they run out of episodes there, if if it's as successful as as we think it will be, maybe they say, all right, great. Start moving into the dark times. Start doing some stuff in the Rebellion era. Hell, maybe go back to before Attack of the Clones. Tell some stories there. Go post return of the jedi tell some stories there like if if this if they would see that this type of animation and this type of storytelling is successful you know sky's the limit it's, there's no telling what they could do so you know fans we got to support this if if we want to see more of it and if it if it if it lives up to the quality that we we have come to uh, expect and appreciate from the show then uh, I, I don't see why we wouldn't support it i know some folks are are less than thrilled about it being on um, the Disney streaming service, which I, I totally get. Like there are too many streaming st- streaming services these days, and the the appeal of streaming services back in the day, at least uh, you know, back in the day, two three years ago, uh, was that you could get lots of stuff there. Like you could, if you do get Netflix, you're not limited to just what Disney produces. And and you know I think in a perfect perfect world, the show would go on on Netflix. Because that's where it's really thrived, I think. Um, but you know the the landscape of entertainment is changing, and the, all the studios and the, and, and the TV sh- channels and that sort of thing, they're sort of realizing, oh we can just make our own streaming services, and people will will sign up for them. So I, I, I get the frustration, especially if you have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and uh, HBO go and, and and all the different ones. I I totally get the sort of like man do I have to do I really have to sign up for another, but um, it looks like to entice people they the quality they they're, they're going to really make quality stuff so that it's worth your while and especially as Clone Wars fans even if it is stuff that we've seen as story reels I, I think they're they're making it worth our while it, I think it would be worth our while with just Siege of Mandalore but the fact that we're getting the other eight episodes as well. Uh, even if they are things that we've seen in, in another form, I think is really, really exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just making your point about uh, the, all these new streaming services, this is just another example of Disney attempting to monopolize it all. I mean, they've already got, they've only got 20th Century Fox now, haven't they? So, I yeah. mean, there's a thing that they won't own by the time this comes out. I so I'm sent to Disney are gonna get their own sh- I'm surprised they haven't got one already. Yeah. So yeah. and they're gonna try and knock Netflix and everyone else out the water. Be interested to see what happens on that from. But yeah. anyway, we're not talking about politics. No um, unless yeah. it's in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so Dominic, quick question for yourself. What what do you think is the main reason that Disney have made a U turn on the whole cancellation um, and to now be willing to produce these new episodes and clearly to value importance on it, as you said, because they want to put it out on this new streaming service because they think it's going to entice people in. Mm. Um, do you think there's a particular event or, or, or something's changed dramatically God. in their mind since 2013?
2: I, it it has to be the streaming service. It it really is. Like I, I again, I know as I was saying, folks don't really want to sign up for another one. I, I I certainly understand that, and to be perfectly honest, I don't really want to sign up for another one either. Um, but I do think that what what happened what happened was they announced they're doing the streaming service. Then Disney went. Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, he went to all the different. Uh, all the different sub brands, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, Disney Studios, you know, all that, their TV division, all that. They went, and he went, and he was like, "All right, we need two projects from each of you. We need two projects from each of you." So he went to Kathleen Kennedy. He's like, "I need two projects from you: one live action, one animated." And so they had, they went and got hired John Favreau to do the live action sh- show, which, uh, which is, I, I can't wait to see. We know nothing about it, but can't wait to see it. Um, and then. He then uh you know in those conversations with between Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy he's like All right, what about the animated side and i think i think Kathleen Kennedy recognizes the quality of the clone wars i think she also recognizes the fan uh the fan response to it and i think people like Dave Filoni and and uh Kiri Hart and, and Carrie Beck have been telling her about that for the last couple of years, like that there is really a love for it, and you know I think even things like the letter writing campaign and stuff that happened in 2013, uh, I think really showed that there was a real passion for this. And so now that Disney was basically handing them not quite a blank check, but a, a, a very a very fat check um, to basically create something that would. Um, not only have a lot of that, that would not only be very high quality, but also have a lot of buzz surrounding it. I think Kathleen Kennedy and and everybody at Lucasfilm and and let's be clear, it was Kathleen Kennedy that spearheaded this. It was her. Um, I, I think she she recognized that um, this was their this was their chance to make more episodes of the show that people loved that it, that was super high quality that George loved. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and in a way we will respect his legacy. And, and so I think she went, all right, now's our time. All right, Bob, you, we'll get John to make the, the live-action show, and for animated stuff, we're going to bring back the Clone Wars, and uh, just you wait until San Diego Comic-Con, when we reveal this trailer, the place will go bleeping insane, and... It did. It was one. It's one of the most viewed trailers out of Comic Con. As we said, it was the most talked about TV show during Comic Con, and it wasn't in Hall H. It wasn't in Hall H. It wasn't one of the big things that that it wasn't one of. It wasn't in one of the big rooms. It it, it was it was uh, kind of a side thing, and it still wound up being certainly the most talked about thing on 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 Thursday, um, and if not the most talk, one of the most talked about things all weekend, up there with you know uh, Aquaman and Shazam uh, and, and Dr. Who, um, Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah. It was one of the most talked about things up there with, with all of those. And, you know, uh, two of those are, are huge. Two or three of those are huge movies that are coming out and clone wars. It's like top five things. I, I watched the, there was a, I watched Mojo watchmojo.com. They did a Yeah. They did a top 10 trailers at a comic con. Number two was clone wars. Number two, like, and, and it was up against all the trailers, all the movie trailers and stuff. So, um, it, it, I think
1: one. I, I didn't get to number
2: one. I can't remember what it was. It was probably Shazam, or it might have been Aquaman. It was no, one Aquaman of them. Aquaman was number four. I can't remember what it was then. Um,
1: go. We we'll have to go and watch Watch Mojo next time. Yeah. <laughs> that for the next podcast. Until yeah. next time. <laughs> but but again, yeah.
2: But again, the fact just the fact that it was number two on a list yeah. that includes all those other powerhouses, uh, including like big budget movies. I think. Shows will show Bob Iger and the, the the execs and the shareholders at Disney that th- they made the right choice and that they you know they were right to listen to Kathleen Kennedy there. Um, so that's that's what I think it was. That's that's really what I think uh, brought it back. But man, all right, one last one last thing before we uh, wrap things up for this month for our return episode. Uh, so we we've speculated on Siege of Mandalore, Bad Batch, Crystal Crisis. If there's another arc from Clone Wars that never got made and, and you will, we'll throw in dark disciple and, and the, and the Darth Maul comic as well, but also just something that Dave has talked about at um, panels or online or that sort of thing. Like, is there another arc that you would really like to see in, in uh, either this, this new season or a subsequent one? You know what? The,
1: the Darth Maul comic would be good. Would yeah, be good. it would. I mean, just, that's that's another great arc in terms of the visuals you get to see, but it's also a really good story. And I think it ties in, You, you sorry, you learn more about his relationship with Mother Towson than I think you ever do in the show. It's Or at least it's very ambiguous really in the show. You can't really tell whether they truly interact with each other. There's no, but but there's no, sorry. It's very, very clear in a comic book that they do have a a relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. Not, not a loving relationship, but they have a relationship (laughs) with force. A mother,
2: a a mother, son uh, relationship.
1: Exactly. And it's a great villain piece as well and mm-hmm. uh, villain arcs are, are some of the most interesting arcs that the Clone Wars have ever produced so that for me would be a good one but there's also a part of me that would, that would like to see something new mm-hmm. it's not something I've read before so that's why the, the Bounty Hunter arc the mm-hmm. Boba Fett arc would would also be up there um, i would be honest I, I need to rejame my memory a little bit to learn of what other potential arcs have been discussed, mm-hmm. but to be honest, the ones there, they're probably, I was looking at it uh, from a fan's perspective or looking at the general fandom. I, I think those would probably be up there. But what about yourself? What what would be, have you, have you got one that you've picked out?
2: Yeah. Um, there was an arc that they talked about, I think it's Celebration Anaheim, that would have seen ahsoka team up with the jedi again pre-siege of mandalore and they were basically would go down into the the lowest depths of the jedi temple and you would have discovered that the jedi temple was built on top of a sith shrine and that 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 little factoid is actually canon it was put in the tarkin novel i believe by by uh jim lucino uh and there would have been this team up with the jedi with ahsoka and some of the jedi masters and anakin obviously and they would have gone down deep uh deep underground in the temple and there actually would have been like a little bit of a mini showdown between ahsoka and sidious where they i I remember dave was describing it like ahsoka was trying to keep is like trying to keep the door shut while sidious is trying to get through um and just just the uh, whole that whole sort of like jedi sith uh history legacy stuff is really interesting to me obviously also obviously i'm a huge fan of ahsoka so getting that in there and i always loved it when the show dealt with darth sidious as well so that would have really hit three of my uh my favorite things so i i hope that in season eight um or whatever they call anything that may or may not come after uh this new season uh, I hope that that's a story they uh, they make time for, even if they have to adapt it or change it a little bit. But it it certainly is something I would love, love to see.
1: Absolutely. Th- uh, well, I, I think, as we talked about earlier, that anything's a possibility now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says, because you're looking at these three... If, if you're just looking at these three arcs, then of course you can't say that anything's a possibility, because I think... We know what arcs they are going to be. Well, we need to know what two of them are, and we're very, very confident on what the other one's going to be. But I think people who are looking at this and, and thinking, "Oh, they're really excited," and then a little bit of a sort of downturn of, "Oh, but you know that's going to be it." Well, I don't. I don't think people should look look at it this way. I think why people are a lot of people are very excited is a, is what you've said, Dominic, which is actually it means that anything's open now and that if these three arcs are successful which we expect they will be then any any arc that's been talked about could be made in that animation form again Mm -hmm. great and then there are other news stories that we may not have even heard of
2: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i'm sure there's still Yeah, we heard we've heard about a lot of arcs but I'm sure there's still plenty more that they haven't, they've they've barely had a chance to mention. And oh,
1: uh so they may have come up since new content's been released. Yeah.
2: Well oh, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's is they don't have to if, if if this stuff is successful, they don't have to stop with what they've already written. There's no reason that they can't sort of say, all right, let's just uh let's let's write some new stuff. Let's bring in the writers and uh and and come up with some new stories. And hey, I think that could be could be really uh really exciting down the line but but you know like we're saying about the streaming service i i understand people are uh are disappointed in it but i think having it be in-house for disney means that they may be willing to take a few more not not just not necessarily take more risks but be will they will be more willing to fund uh projects because they will see they will see all of the benefits come back to them. They won't have to split them with Netflix or HBO or anything like that. But I think, uh, I think with that, we will begin to wrap things up for this month here on The Clone Wars Strikes Back. Man, it was good to do that again. Uh, it was great to do that again. Uh, as we mentioned off the top, we'll be doing monthly episodes from here on out. Uh, it's great to have the Clone War Strikes back. Uh, back. I'm so, uh, Kieran, it's, I'm so looking forward to, to podcasting with you on a regular basis again. We did that a lot for Live from Lothal and, and Watchers of Westeros and, and, and this, but we kind of hadn't recorded anything together in a while. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get back to, to doing episodes with you. And uh, like we said off the top, we'll be doing... Uh, we'll be doing uh, uh, monthly episodes. Next month, we'll really be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars movie and then who knows what else we, we have in store for September, October and beyond. So I hope you will come on this journey with us once again here on the Clone Wars Strikes Back. Karen, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Where can people keep up with you?
1: Uh, well, the best way to keep up with me is if you want to follow uh, my exploits, with the Lancashire Telegraph <laughs> which is a local newspaper here in the UK then that is probably the best way to keep in touch with me because I'm writing stories there on a daily basis but hopefully um, I'll, I might try and do some more articles for the SWU but uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think I might get a sort of routine so I might have a, a weekly or bi-weekly piece or something that I'll do but anyway that's for that's me to discuss with uh with the, with the heads of the uh, three families, no, we've just <laughs> Dominic
2: Hey, that is, that is three families with the Joneses, the Hearts, and the Sequels.
1: Nice Game of Thrones reference in there for those of you who also listen to Watchers or Westeros, but yeah, you know, it's been great to be back thank you very much, Dominic, and equally I'm excited to be um, to be podcasting again with yourself because it's, it's been a long time mm-hmm. and it feels very natural coming back to be it honest, does isn't it? Shows the sign of uh, a good team, at least. I, uh, I like to from our perspective, the perspective But listeners might completely disagree, <laughs> uh, which they might have already turned off by this point. <laughs> but well, I'm going to disagree. Um, I it's exciting to have new Clone Wars content, and you know what? I feel like there's new Clone Wars content everywhere I turn because I'm now reading the new Thrall novels, yeah. Star Wars Thrawn Alliances, which has also got a tie back to the Clone Wars. So I'm just, it's, I'm Clone Wars now at the moment, Dominic. I can't deal with it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's like therapy, this, to be able to get out what I'm feeling about the Clone Wars and uh, to be able to talk about it with yourself and hopefully for, for people to enjoy listening as well. It's uh, it's, it, it's good to hear other people's opinions sometimes as well as, as well as your own. So it's great to be back and I'm looking forward to next month's special episode.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Thrawn alliances. I have to say Tim Zahn has really captured the voice of uh, not just Clone Wars Anakin, but Clone Wars Padme as well and Rebels Thrawn. I want, I would love it if we if somebody could get Matt Lanter, Kat Tabor, and, and Lars Mickelson together to record some of those scenes. Because there you
1: go. there's the story arc for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Because it, I, I I'm about sixty pages into the book, and and man, I'm I'm reading those in in Matt's voice and Kat's voice and in in Lars's voice. So I I, I I think Tim has done a fantastic job. And hey, maybe maybe that's something we'll review one month. We'll review that novel, or maybe we'll re- we'll review Catalyst, which had some uh, some Clone Wars era stuff in it too. There's, there's so much stuff we could we could delve into over the uh, over the coming months as we. Get ready for the Clone Wars to come back, and then keep it going uh, afterwards too. So yeah, so make <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, make sure you follow us on uh, on social media. You can follow me personally at dominicj Twenty Five. You can follow Kieran at C Duggan Six. You can follow uh, the Star Wars Underworld in general at VSWU, and then we have a Twitter account for the show, <laughs> which we haven't used in quite some time. Uh, it's at TCW Strikes Back. Uh, you can follow that there. We'll we'll try and get more active on Twitter. And you can like us on Facebook by searching for The Clone Wars Strikes Back. And we'll be getting more active there as well. Now that we're kind of getting back into the swing of things here and doing this show. Uh, so make sure you follow our social medias. And make sure you follow the Star Wars Underworld uh, everywhere, including facebook twitter and instagram we're at the swu pretty much everywhere uh and make sure you hit up starwarsunderworld.com for all the latest breaking star wars news including when and where we'll see the clone wars and what episodes as well and listen to the weekly star wars underworld podcast it's recorded live thursday nights on channel 1138.com and then released on itunes google play and plenty of other podcast uh, uh, podcast uh, uh Podcast homes—I don't know what else to call them—podcast uh, places. On Friday, uh, our most recent episode, our most recent episode was all about San Diego Comic Con. So obviously, we talked a ton about the Clone Wars. We also talked about Hasbro. We have an interview with the Hasbro Star Wars team, and yes, I asked them about Clone Wars. Uh, there's stuff. <clears throat> It's losing my voice at the end of the show, my God! Um, and there's also stuff about the publishing, the world of publishing, and just fun stories from Comic Con. So you can check that episode out. The week before, obviously, there was immediate reaction. That was the one Kieran kept referencing uh, with immediate reaction to the Clone Wars coming back. And uh, next week, we will be talking all about the cast of Star Wars Episode Nine. Man, remember remember it's when slow, we...
1: It's a slow news week, Dominic,
2: isn't it? I know, right? It's a slow news week. But do you remember, it's crazy that we're talking about Episode 9, because do you remember when we recorded the episode, our episode discussing the Wookiee arc, and we had Ben Hart on? That was the afternoon that they announced the release of the Force Awakens trailer, the Episode 7 trailer. And now here we are talking about Still talking about the Clone Wars and the news of the week is the cast of Episode 9. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh It just speaks to the legacy of this show, that people are still talking about it, even as we're getting these incredible movies uh, and, and incredible news about the movies. So, uh you know, I just it's it's really it really is, yeah. is something. So yeah, uh, I
1: mean, I'm like, Episode 9, man. <laughs> Wars. Come on!
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so make sure you tune into the Star Wars Underworld next week for a discussion about that. We'll be discussing.
1: That's a joke, it. everybody who's listening. I'm looking forward to episode <laughs> nine. Calm down. <laughs> coming now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be talking all about uh, the casting announcements for people like Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, and Kerry Russell, as well as the return of Billy D. Williams as Lando, Mark Hamill as Luke, and uh, the fact that they will be. Uh, bringing back Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia or General Leia, I should say, uh, thanks to some unused footage that JJ shot for the force awakens. So uh, we'll break all of that down uh, on Thursday. So make sure you tune in to that. Um, that's it. That's all we got. I, we're back. That's it. That's remember tune in next month, tune in, <coughs> tune in uh, on, uh, in August for our celebration of the clone wars movie. And uh, we'll hope, we hope you join you then. So for, uh, for Kieran and uh, for Kieran and everybody at the clone Wars strikes back. I can't remember how we used to end these damn episodes. <laughs> <laughs> how did we do it? I know for a while we did the, like I'm Dominic, I'm Kieran thing. I can't remember.
1: Dominic, Dominic. I don't think people listening are going to remember. I, I can't so I think to get away with it this week. Yeah, we will
2: have it figured. We'll have it figured out for next week. So for this week, what we'll say is may the force be with you and good night. like we may have said next week a couple of times at the end of the show we mean next month next month all right
0: it's a wrap it's a wrap